2: Welcome to this edition of the Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Lorenz Sommerfeld. This is our tire segment, but I'm doing something a little different this time. As the automotive world expands and technology explodes, it's not just a consideration of all seasons versus winters. And so today, we're going to find out more about two newer entries to the category tire specs for electric vehicles, and in the second half, new developments in the arena of all-weather tires. To discover all the fun and fascinating things you need to know about kitting out your EV, I'm joined by Wes Bowling, Marketing Communications Manager with Nokian Tires. Welcome to the Driving Podcast, Wes.
1: Lorraine, thanks for having me on. Excited to chat with you today.
2: I have never done an episode devoted to EV tires before, but over the past couple of years, I've been informed that that is not exactly the same as what we call regular cars, ICE vehicles. Um, in Canada, we're mandated by 2026 that a fifth of the fleet is supposed to be EVs. We'll see what happens there. Right now, we're nudging around the 10% mark, which I think is similar to the US. So we're moving that direction finally. Um what I what I want consumers to know is what considerations they need to be um, thinking about when they go to buy an EV because everyone gets all excited. Here's my new car. This is great. We know what questions to ask about maintenance on an ICE vehicle because we're very familiar with it, but not so much with an EV. So let me ask you first off, if I'm thinking of buying an electric vehicle, what do I need to know about the tires? How long should they last? How should I anticipate them? How much should I anticipate them costing? And things like that. What are the considerations about electric vehicle tires that are maybe different than regular vehicles?
1: Yeah, the number one thing to to think about is that your tires don't have to have an EV on the sidewall, uh, for instance, or be dedicated EV tires to work well on electric vehicles. At Nokian Tires, we make a pair of dedicated EV tires for winter where there are very specialized needs and where that makes a lot of sense. But I think, you know, some tire makers are coming at this and saying we're going to have whole lines of dedicated EV tires. What we want consumers to know is that Regular tires can work well for EVs if they satisfy a few different needs. And uh, because of the time of year, we'll use an acronym here, winter. W-N-T-R, uh, the four needs to, to satisfy here. You need tires that, that can handle weight, first and foremost. EVs can be as much as 200 kilograms heavier than internal combustion engine vehicles. And so it's vital that you have tires that are sturdy enough to handle that extra load. Uh, the N is noise. Uh, EVs, of course, are quiet. The only sounds you typically hear are resistance from the road and from the wind. And so the wrong tires can be really irksome to drivers uh, and, and really you know, not deliver on that comfortable driving experience that I think most folks sign up for when they, when they get EVs. Uh, T is torque. Some EVs can get from 0 to 60 in as fast as five seconds. And that can create a lot of stress. That can create the potential for uneven wear on those tires. And the R in, the, in our shortened winter acronym is range. How far can you go on a charge? This is an area where I, I think a lot of folks might be surprised at how big a role tires can play in maximizing that range and also making that range predictable on each charge. And so I think that's what consumers need to be thinking about. Those are the conversations they need to be having in the tire shops. You know, how, can I, how can I get tires that handle the weight of my vehicle, the, the lower noise needs, higher torque, and, and enhanced range? And in terms of cost, then, you know, dedicated EV tires in the winter space might cost slightly more due to the materials that are meeting those needs. But by and large, again, you're looking typically for just good old regular tires, Uh, but you want to get a premium version uh, from premium tire makers that are that are thinking about EVs in the development of their normal tire ranges.
2: Okay, as this industry is evolving so quickly in so many ways, a lot of the aftermarket is I don't want to say struggling to catch up because they're not always included in the conversation, but where is the best place to get information in an aftermarket setting? Um, I've seen in my career, even as EVs started to inch in, dealers themselves didn't know enough about them to be able to sell them properly to consumers. Now the aftermarket is working really hard to, you know, fill that gap, but where should I go? Let's say I already have an EV, um, where should I be looking at replacing the tires? Are, is it major brand tire names that know? Sometimes people go to a local place for used ones and things like that. I don't think that sounds like a very smart thing to be doing with an EV.
1: No, I think certainly a well-established, you know, tire dealer is going to have great information on that. It's it's a better in-person conversation often than a Google search when it comes to to finding <laughs> the tire shop. Uh, I think if your local tire shop you normally use doesn't seem like they are getting a lot of EV business, it might be time to explore a a bigger box store that's maybe having these these conversations on a more regular basis. But there are a lot of online resources coming from tire makers. Uh, Of course, I'll put in the shameless plug uh, for for Nokian Tires here. We invented the winter tire. We try to be at the forefront of of innovation. And uh, we actually just unveiled a symbol uh, called electric fit that's going to go on all of our tires, dedicated EV tires, but also every tire we make.
2: No, that would help consumers a lot. It's like having the snowflake in the mountain for indicating winter tires, which doesn't always mean winter tires, but at least it would be in the right direction, you know, to helping EV buyers know that somebody's thought about this before they buy it. it.
1: Yeah, and and we've been testing our tires on EVs for about a decade now. So going back to, if anybody's familiar with, you know, with our our tire lines, the Hakaplita R2. So like third generation ago now, st- non-studded winter tire. We were already testing that on certain prototype EV vehicles um, in Finland at our test center up there. And so I think the the point being, obviously we've been thinking about this. We've been reassuring consumers but other tire brands are as well. And and there are a couple different routes again, that that they're going. Some tire makers are making whole dedicated EV product lines. Others are doing a little more what we're doing and saying, no, we've been thinking about this for some time. We've been testing and working with automakers. And even though Lorraine, we don't do any OEM, we're not on any tires coming out or any cars coming out of the factories. We've still been working with those manufacturers, those automakers to try to, to solve those problems. And so I think you'll find a lot of resources about tires online. If you search for EV tires, you know NokianTires.com/slash-electric fit. We've got good information there. Uh, again, plugging. That was really smooth. <laughs> thank you. They pay me to. It, 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 they call me a spinfluencer in the tire world, right? Uh, but, but I think a good, well-established tire shop. I was talking to a dealer in Portland, Oregon, recently. They're located right next to Nike headquarters and those Nike executives are of course, you know, coming in and buying those those electric vehicles and then saying, okay, what do I do about my tires? And so there are a, a lot of tire shops that are having these conversations regularly and helping answer these questions.
2: Okay. If I've if I'm driving, you you mentioned WNTR, the acronym for weight, noise, something else in rain. Torque uh, and range, yeah. <laughs> Torque and range what are signs that if i've had this vehicle what kind of mileage am i look a lot of ev people and again i'm generalizing it depends on who's using it but here in canada a lot of people it's still a second car they're not putting twenty thousand k a year on it Um, might be closer to five or six depending on who can afford the cars right now so how long should car should tires be lasting i know that's a loaded question i know it from the other side of the industry I accept that. But what are signs or is it the same signs? Do I look at tread depth? Do I look at cracking? Do I look at uh, the age of the rubber? What is it that I should be looking for on an EV? Is there any flag that they may have to be replaced sooner? Or does one of those WNTR things throw something at me that tells me it's time to look at new tires?
1: That's a great question. You generally want to be checking a lot of the same signs, so certainly tire wear and tread depth and while we recommend rotating you know tires usually five to seven thousand kilometers it could be more frequent uh, with with eVs because of that added weight. And so I think that's extremely important to, to be checking the tread depth and rotating regularly, but then also yes if you if you do uh, certainly want to look for for signs of cracking or anything that indicates that your tires are not sufficiently handling the added load uh, uh that an ev presents and again we have faith in our tires a lot of tire makers have faith that that that's exactly what we're we're trying to do is to handle that added load but i think any signs you know like like cracking like irregular wear that uh, the tire is not sufficiently holding up to that heavier battery load is is important and in terms of how long the tires should last. I think we're still learning a lot about the impact of EVs on range. Anecdotally, I've heard from some of our dealers that their drivers are actually pleased with the, the range that they're getting, but it would make sense, right? That a heavier load has the potential to be taxing on a tire's service life. So I think you you have to double down on those maintenance things you're doing already in terms of rotating, in terms of checking on a monthly basis the um, you know for, for any cracking and, and inspecting. Uh, and I, was, I would also encourage drivers to prioritize here. You know, there's a magic triangle of tire development. Um, safety is on one side, low rolling resistance is on the other, and service life is, is the third. And you cannot perfectly hit all three of those points, right? Like a, a tire that, that lasts longer might be less responsive to the road, for instance. And EV tires generally are prioritizing safety first and foremost, always but also range, making sure that, that that range per charge is predictable. And so that could have a detrimental effect on service life in the end. Um, we can still try to expand that triangle and do what we can to get, you know, 80,000 kilometers out of a tire. But obviously when we're stuck in a ditch, you know, wishing our tires had performed better, we're not thinking, man, I, I wish I'd gotten 50,000 kilometers out of this You're thinking, I wish I'd gotten to the next kilometer.
2: I just want, I want consumers to, be aware that we've had a number stuck in our head for years. It might be that 80,000 K on a tire. And there's some people who are so stubborn, they will stick to a magic number instead of, you know, other signs that their tires need to be replaced. And you, at the top of the show, you said, and I agree with you, tires are the most important component after the driver in a car, that's all you have between you and the road. And people that cheap out on tires, even when I was broke, 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 I I refused to cheap out on tires because my kids would die. It was a pretty direct, you know, line for me to see that. So I'm just, I think people buying EVs, they are heavier. It is a thing. And I love that you said it's something that has to be checked monthly, like not just ignored, you know, till your car goes in for service or something. I'd like people to kind of give themselves a crash course in paying attention to their tires, which doesn't sound sexy, but being upside down in a ditch is decidedly less sexy.
1: So Better a crash course in tires than a crash <laughs> on your tires, for sure.
2: Oh, you just out-mead-mead. Okay, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, you, you spoke about a winter tire you have here in Canada where we invented winter, we like to think. I've had people say, my <laughs> EV's so heavy, I don't need winter tires. I've argued back that the handling even in a huge bus, you know, like weight is a, you know, a proponent, but should people in EVs in Canada up here be looking at winter tires? Is this a thing that they absolutely need to be considering?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that you could, you could justify in some areas, you know, if you live in the heart of Toronto, if you live in Vancouver, you know, you could, you could justify an all weather tire with the snowflake, year round if you just were committed to one set of tires all year round but the heaviness of a vehicle you know if you think about it can can certainly be a plus in some ways but when you get momentum and you hit a patch of ice it can also be a detractor if you don't have the right tires to slow you down there's the old saying right it's called four-wheel drive not four-wheel stop and uh, that's (laughs) that's certainly true And what what dedicated EV winter tires are going to give you are are benefits that go beyond just safety, and safety is always going to be the most important benefit. Uh, But dedicated EV winter tires, speaking for ourselves, but I think also for for some competitors here as they're starting to develop these, uh, they're going to be extremely low rolling resistance as well. So that rolling resistance defined as the energy it takes to move a car along the road. The the higher the rolling resistance uh, from a tire, the more friction, the less... Uh, range you're going to get we've actually been able to kind of find a, a sweet spot here where we're able to have extraordinarily responsive tires on the road while still having great range and so a heavier vehicle obviously that's going to create more where you know every little bit of, of lower rolling resistance you can get is going to increase the not only the length of time you can go on a charge but then that predictability that your tires are not sucking that, that, you know, chain, that range and you get stuck on the side of the road somewhere away from a charger. And so I think that's, that's fairly crucial. The other thing that's a real benefit and and I probably should have led with this one, honestly, right beneath safety, is that uh, a lot of tire makers are are reducing the noise of their tires with some pretty cool technology. And and in our case, uh, acoustic foam, actually. So our EV dedicated winter tires have foam between the tire and the rim and that foam is is aimed at decreasing noise levels at the cabin frequencies that are most irksome to drivers. And so, you know, if you're thinking, ah, oh, I'll just drive my normal all seasons and, you know, white knuckle it a few times, not only are you putting your safety in this most importantly. <laughs> <You're Canadian. Yeah. laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Unless you're in Quebec where it's while of them worship those things. No, it's uh, my yeah. wife is, my wife is Canadian. <laughs> Her, she she would say, I resemble that remark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but also it's, it's a, it's a comfort thing, right? The, the lower noise levels are going to, you know, really help you get the most out of that premium EV purchase. Look, EVs aren't cheap. Nobody is buying a clunker electric vehicle. These are premium purchases. So why would you not get the thing that's meant for that EV to to maximize that driving experience when, as you mentioned, of course, it's the only safety element that's touching the road?
2: I've heard that that weight means that tires break down more quickly, and I think that would stand to reason. Um, is there, what's the environmental impact? I don't know if you're the person to get into this with. I'm not sure, but you guys do a ton of tech and a ton of research on this. Um, I've been hearing that more bits of tire are going to be washed away sooner. And I'm not talking about the load of the weight on the infrastructure, which is also a thing. Um, I'll take off my, that hat for this moment, but, but the tires themselves, it stands to reason they're going to break down sooner. I I think, you can tell me if I'm wrong, and that this will, it has to go somewhere. It doesn't just dissipate into the air. So is anyone doing R&D on this? Are we looking at the impact on the environment of going through more tires more frequently?
1: Uh, We're doing a lot of research on this. I think it does stand to reason that that tires would wear more quickly given the added vehicle weight. Um, And I think there are a couple things that the industry is working to do. Number one, we're working to understand the level of that impact and you know obviously a lot of ev drivers are still on their first first tire purchase and so we're still just you know learning um you know as as those vehicles are coming back to the shops how quickly are they wearing and if they're wearing more quickly it, it of course is logical then that that wear is going is going somewhere the other thing that a lot of tire makers including nokian tires are working on is is making our tires of more renewable sustainable materials you know we were the first tire maker several years ago now to remove harmful high aromatic oils from our tire compounds. If we're able to make our tire compounds greener, uh, then obviously, you know, what is running off onto the roads is less harmful to the environment. So we're learning a lot still about what that impact is. I think that, that you're definitely on the right track That and there's a lot of concern, a lot of research around what that runoff looks like. And in the meantime, what we can do as we understand the issue is to, again, just try to be more sustainable in how we're developing those tires and, and so that what's coming off the tires is, is not you know, doing harm to the environment.
2: Okay. Speaking of silly things that we shouldn't be assaulting the environment with, they're electrifying, especially in North America, because North Americans. Can be a little foolish. They're electrifying the biggest vehicles first and abandoning the smallest ones. I will never in a million years understand this, people. Anyway, so we've got <laughs> great, big, huge pickups and that Hummer that weighs 9,000 pounds and all this stuff. And I have to do my asterisk. If you need this for your job, I totally get it. It's cool. However, the rest of you in downtown urban cores driving giant pickup trucks to go grocery <laughs> shopping, I will never understand that. And that's why half the readers and viewers don't like me. Anyway, if you Are buying a monstrous electrified vehicle like Fords and you know the Hummers and things? The tires have to be huge, like they just have to be that weight has to go somewhere. Do I have to consider a different kind of tire if I am at job sites or at a chalet or something going off road? Is there tires? Can you just use the ones that are already there for regular vehicles, or are you guys looking at? Enhancing because of that weight again at this huge level, does it extrapolate into the great big knobby tires you see for mud?
1: Yeah, again here we're doing a lot of, uh, of of research on you know expanding EV lines across the industry. Some tire makers are making these heavy duty you know uh, SUV light truck you know monster tires. But we again here are, are testing our all-terrain tires that come with three peak mountain snowflake. We're testing those. Uh, on EVs in winter conditions and desert conditions in in, in you know, Texas and <laughs> in, in places that are gonna simulate these environments. And, you know, one thing that we've done is we've added tread depth to the recent uh, versions of our all-terrain tires, to try to get more service life and also more stability out of those uh, those tires, because obviously even your standard ice, you know, monster machines are big. <laughs> And, and, and heavy weight. And so I think a lot of the work that we've done to stand up to that weight and make those things more durable are going to work well for EVs too. One thing that, that we've done, we've infused the tread and the sidewalls with aramid armor uh, and aramid uh, fibers are better known by their trademark name of Kevlar. Uh so the same stuff that's found in bulletproof vests, don't shoot at your tires, please. That's yeah. not the, the way we apply it. <laughs> but it's We're gonna get uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's more of a US warning, I think. But for yeah. your hunters in Alberta that are listening or whatever, yeah. you know, uh don't shoot at the tires. But what it's but airman's very lightweight fiber, so you're not taking away from the performance of the tire, but you're helping reinforce that tire against blowouts and punctures. So, just one example of an advancement that I think works well for heavy EVs as well as heavy ice vehicles.
2: Okay, West Bowling, this has been really cool um, seeing how the aftermarket and associated industries are keeping up with a an EV industry that's flying ahead at mock speed from the from the looks of things. I'd like to thank my guest, Wes Bowling from Nokian Tires, for. for for providing some great information today. I'm Lorraine Sommerfeld, and the Driving Podcast will be back after this short break to tackle more new tech, all-weather tires. Thanks for joining us, Wes.
1: Thank you, Lorraine. I really enjoyed
0: it.
2: Welcome back to the Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Lorraine Sommerfeld. This episode is about tires. And after a deep dive into the best way to keep your electric vehicle rolling along, we're now going to find out what's happening in another part of the industry. It's been happening slowly. Now all of a sudden, all weather tires. That's right. Not all season, but all weather. We're told they're good to go for Canadians and get rid of the necessity of swapping out all seasons for winters, a Canadian pastime we all share. But is it always necessary? We're joined today by Jonathan Scott, a technical services specialist with Toyo Tire, and Mike Miller, uh, the marketing coordinator. Welcome to the show, both of you. Jonathan, let me start with you. Um, well, actually, whoever wants to op- open this one up, all-weather tires. I've been hearing about them for probably 20 years now, but they've been in the mainstream for probably closer to 10, I think, top of mind for most people. Can someone give me a little bit of history on all-weathers, when they started, and you know, maybe what part of the world they were started in?
3: You'd be correct on that. Uh, the all-weather segment has been around for, you're right, anywhere between 10 to 15 years, Uh, Toyo was one of the first manufacturers to jump on this industry. It essentially allows, it's essentially a versatile tire that provides driving comfort and traction in wet and light snow winter conditions. Instead of going down the conventional road of having a dedicated set of all seasons or summers, and then switching out to a set of dedicated winters.
2: Now, most of us know the difference between all seasons and winters, and a lot of it has to do with the rubber component. Um, I, I guess I'm using rubber as a big word here, but the component of the tires, and it's a lot softer on w- dedicated winter tires. So, how do all weathers bridge that divide? Because we're always told it's a compromise.
3: You're right. Um, An all season uses a compound that is supposed to give you, you know, good longevity. It's supposed to give you good wet traction and good. Sorry, wet and dry traction. The all-weather segment is a single tire that combines both components. So it is a tire that allows you to have durability, comfort, longevity, but also gives you the confidence to drive in kind of our poor winter conditions, kind of when we start seeing them mid-october all the way into march the difference between the two is in all weather it is a snowflake rated tire and the tires get their snowflake ratings by going and being tested by a third party every manufacturer's part of this if they want to have a snowflake rated tire uh, it's called the slip test the tire is mounted onto a wheel mounted onto a vehicle uh, set at a specific temperature and specific speed and they measure the resistance on how that tire does. If it passes, then you will get your Snowflake rating. I can't say the testing for other manufacturers, but I do know that Toyo tests on a European standard, which I believe is 30%. Some manufacturers base it off the minimum 10%. So because we're basing ours off the European 30, our product does perform and i'll go out on a limb on this a little bit better or it's designed more for the canadian stamp or canadian market
2: okay now we have quebec of course is mandatory for winter tires and tires that have that snowflake that you talked about that qualifies on your insurance because they'll get you to send a picture of that in so for anyone listening that will qualify you. So these all-weather tires will qualify as winter kicks for your car on your insurance policy. And I've actually been riding on some all-weathers that got put on in the spring. I haven't had them in the snow. Definitely noticed a difference in the rain. And I was pleasantly surprised because the last time I drove on all-weathers was probably seven or eight years ago. You guys have come a long way. And I've tried several brands. But What's What's been the biggest change over the past few years? Because there's definitely been a lot of movement on the all-weather front with the technology. What would you say is the biggest change that you've seen?
3: The biggest... I, sorry, I just want to loop back to that. Um, yeah. The all-weather segment doesn't qualify for Quebec. They do want a mandatory winter tire for their Canadian laws.
2: Thank you for correcting me. I'm sorry. I'm
3: glad that no, you caught that. Um, The biggest difference now when you look into the all-weather segment is we're now looking at a lot more or a broader sizing market. So in this case, you know, using the Celsius 2, for example, which is our new updated Celsius, which was one of the forefronts to the industry, that used to have, you know, a handful of SKUs and a handful of rim diameters, 15, 16, 17, started to trickle into the 18s. The Celsius two now has sizes as small as 15 and as large as 22. So you can put these tires on your base model Corolla all the way up to your brand new Cadillac Escalade.
2: So this must be that, you know, the market is expanding and that people are adopting these tires because if you're going after a broader reach, obviously it's working, who, who are these tires for? Canada is a real um, pot full of all different kinds of weather conditions. And I can't imagine telling somebody up in the Yukon or in you know, rural Alberta to not put on dedicated winter tires, no matter how great the all weathers are. But having said that, there's a lot of high urban areas where the plows are out early or people don't necessarily have to drive perhaps right after a storm. Who do you target? Who do you see as um, the prime people to be looking at all weathers who should be considering these.
3: And that's a super, super good thing to come back on. Um, the market I believe is catered towards your lower mainland, your city, um, your city drivers, uh, individuals who don't necessarily need a dedicated winter tire, but they want something better than an all season, Uh, An individual who can choose when they want to drive Um, and also cost is a really big thing. We've seen over the last couple of years the increase of changing over tires and the general cost of tires. You know, a few years ago, tires to be changed over were anywhere between 50 to a hundred dollars. We're now seeing the market as a minimum $200 and you're doing that twice a year. So, the con or a cost conscious person would benefit from this tire instead of switching back and forth. You've got one set that does it all.
2: And especially if, if you've got people who don't have storage space, is exactly, always a consideration. A as well.
0: yes. Yeah, storage. If I can kind of jump in there and kind of add sure. on to sure, uh, what Jonathan just mentioned, I think it's important to keep in mind, you know, as you mentioned, Canada is a large country and we've got diverse weather conditions. That the Celsius and, and all-weather tires in general um, aren't a replacement for a true dedicated winter tire. Um, you know, somebody living in in Quebec, in Quebec City, Montreal, Northern Ontario, Northern BC, or the Prairie regions, you know, where they have um, you know harsher winters and have higher accumulations of snowfall and colder temperatures, the Celsius and an all-weather je- tire in general isn't going to be the best option for you. You're really going to want that dedicated security of a dedicated winter tire, like our observed group of winter tires. Where the Celsius and all weather tires really come in and and Jonathan kind of alluded to it is in areas where they have moderate um, winters. So in in the lower mainland region of BC, where it's, we get, you know, lower amounts of snowfall and moderate temperatures the all-weather tire gives you a higher level of security and traction and comfort compared to an all-season tire so for the driver who's looking for that extra grip in adverse weather conditions and colder weather that's really what the, an all-weather tire is designed for compared to an all-season tire which really is a three-season tire really it, it's good for your, your spring your summer and early part of fall but it's we've all heard of this, that it really doesn't work in, in colder temperatures. Um, and that's where the all-weather oh no, tire really comes in. It really picks up where an all-season tire um, performance drops off. Um, but as Jonathan mentioned, that it really doesn't take the place of a dedicated winter tire. So, again, places like, you know, Regina, Winnipeg, uh, northern Ontario, Quebec, the eastern townships of Quebec, or the Atlantic regions, in most parts, most regions... Um, uh the, the t- all-weather tire in the winter is probably not going to be your best choice. Again, your tire dealers will to be, be able to give you um, more specific advice for your region. But in general, you're going to want to dedicate a winter tire in those regions.
2: I want to thank you for being so honest about that, both of you, because a lot of the discussions around all-weather tires get a little fuzzy. And people who are not tire pros who ask people, you know, they ask people like me and like you and their tire professionals for help. Um, Sometimes the message gets a little squirrely. And I think it's really important what you just reiterated. And what Jonathan started was, you know, there's regions of Canada where it's not the right compromise, you need dedicated winters. So thank you for being clear about that. Because that's probably the number one question I get. Because we go back to people want to save money in space, but there's a time and a place to do that. And sometimes... It's not on your
0: tires. Um, no, definitely I, not cheap. Out to, you know, it's, it, tires aren't inexpensive, but you really do get what you okay. pay for um, yeah. when it comes to tires.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question. Because they must be a little softer than all seasons because they're you know moving into the colder territory, do they wear any worse? We tell people that if they have dedicated winters, they're going to get extended life which we can accommodate that change over price because the life of both sets of tires will be extended. With all weathers, how long do they last? And what should people be looking for or anticipating when they go to buy a set? Can they look at it and say, I'm going to get, and I, I know this depends on usage and behavior, but do they last shorter than all seasons? Do you get less mileage or kilometers out of them?
3: From a, from a traction standpoint, um, comparing a, and I'll use Toyo for this example, when you compare the Celsius 2, which is our all-weather, compared to our Extensa AS2, which is our all-season, there's a big difference in tread pattern and tread design. The Extensa AS2 is an asymmetric, or sorry, is a symmetrical tire, which means the tread pattern is the same from the outside to the inside. Um, it's got a little bit more tread in depth so let's say on average the extensa as2 is anywhere between 10 to 11 and the celsius 2 is anywhere between 9 to 11 dependent of the size when you compare those tires there's a big difference the celsius 2 is an asymmetric tire which means the tread pattern is different from the outside to the inside and when you start focusing on the inside of the tread or more from the middle to the inside of the tread the sipe density increases. So if you look at a regular conventional tire, you're gonna see maybe one or two sipes per block. We're in the Celsius two, and it all depends on sizing as well. You start seeing more sipes. So you're kind of blending a winter tire tread design. So a higher site density. Um, in our case, the Celsius two does share a lot of winter tech, like our snow claws, Our evacuation grooves, compounds, staggered um, staggered blocks, and sawtooth edges. We're really glorifying a winter tire, which is what an old winter is. I
2: I just want to tell listeners that siping, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. um, Siping opens up a little channel to take ice and water away, to throw it out the side, so it comes up from the road. It Goes into the sipe and it's thrown off to the side of the tire to maintain contact with the road. Is that sort of right?
3: No, nope, you've, just... you've got that pretty right. It's when okay. <laughs> when you're driving through a puddle or driving through a water body, the sipe opens up and allows for that water to go somewhere and goes into the tire to allow a contact patch to be maintained.
2: I did pretty good. Okay. That's not you're bad. Pretty good. I, I'm 100% <laughs>
3: going to stand behind that. That's, that's a really good, um, that's a really good okay. way of doing it. Um, okay.
2: just I just want to tell people that when you're talking about sipes per inch, for lack of a better term, that's pulled over from the, the winter stuff. So the, here's where we're seeing the crossover between all season and winter in correct. these all weathers. We're okay. blending
3: We're blending a high mileage all season tire with the traction and characteristics of a winter tire now coming into our mileage you got it's a little bit of a give and take because Mm -hmm. there is a little bit more site density the tire moves a little bit more depending on the driver depending on the conditions vehicle and everything in between will in all weather last as long as a dedicated all season no will it get pretty close absolutely and i i that's yeah. great information because it's, you know, this is
2: what I want to tell people. You can do this route and you'll save a bunch on switchovers, but be prepared to perhaps replace them sooner than you were used to with a, you know, an all season only. So I like that. Um, does the type of add? car.
3: Oh, sorry. sorry. Anything to add to that, Mike? That you might- no,
0: no, we're no. Good? I think <laughs> your yeah, name, like Ian, in, in general, as Jonathan's said you know you' you're going to be your mileage your durability is going to be higher than a dedicated winter tire um, just given the nature of it but it's going to be less than an all season tire with the softer okay. compounds and and the construction of the of the siping and the tread and so forth um, okay. again it's not going to be a I'm a large difference or a significant difference, the, the financial mm-hmm. savings that you get in, in having an all-weather tire will more than offset the, the difference in, in mileage on but that. that.
2: What does does what you drive make a difference? We see a lot of vehicles now are giant SUVs. And a lot of people believe all wheel drive means they're they don't even need dedicated winter tires. But do you find a difference between like I've been driving a passenger car with them on and like I said, I noticed a difference in the water definitely. But what about the heavier vehicles? Are these still an option? Is this still something that's a consideration outside of the places you live? What about the
3: actual vehicles? It's a huge factor these days. Um, vehicles are getting bigger. Vehicles are getting heavier. We're asking weight. We're asking way more from a tire than we've ever had. You know, the truck segment is incredible. Trucks five, ten years ago used to be five hundred foot pounds of torque and three hundred and twenty horsepower. Now we're seeing five hundred horsepower and a thousand foot pounds of torque. So. In this case, it is to qualify your customer or your end user on what what is the tire that's going to do well. If you live in the lower mainland of Vancouver and you're going up and down the hills, you're going to go through tires and brakes a lot quicker. If you're constantly commuting and stop and go traffic, that will affect your tires as well. All-wheel drive vehicles diminish a tire life by a third because instead of a two-wheel drive Front or rear, uh, the vehicle is being pushed or pulled. And when you go to an all-wheel drive, it's being pushed and pulled. So you're asking, there's always more strain on the tire because the tire is constantly under load and under drive.
2: I I think you, you raised a really important point that a lot of us have kind of forgotten about or just been eased into, which is these cars are getting increasingly heavier, like, more and more and more, and like you said, the speeds they're capable of at in shorter time, zero to a hundred and you know five seconds and things like that puts an extraordinary strain on the tires. Yet we still look back to. I was, I was about to bring up how the cost of tires. A lot of people go cheap, and I beg them not to go cheap because it's the most false saving on the planet. Because you're going to be replacing them or you know, your safety is going out the window with them. So I tell people to buy the most expensive tire they can afford, which is my catch-all for please consider how important these tires are to your safety. But you, the technology you guys are getting into, you and all your competitors as well, you're dealing with an insane amount of change being thrown at you from what manufacturers are making for these vehicles. How do you how do you keep up with it? How do you keep changing? I look at the ways. We just talked earlier in the segment about EVs that weigh so much. But the SUVs, which are just standard ones, all weather tires, you're making them bigger now. They must be they must be working well. You must be finding a way.
3: There's there's a couple different ways to address the bigger SUVs and bigger trucks. If you're doing, if you're putting back and forth, taking the kids to school, you're not, I don't want to say necessarily utilizing your vehicle to or not utilizing your vehicle to the most extent. But you know, if you're looking for something with a little bit more grip or a little bit more bite or something like that, you may want to consider an altering with a snowflake rating. Still goes through the same slip test, but it offers a little bit more tread depth. It offers a little bit more versatility. Where kind of what we're seeing from an all weather standpoint is still versatility, but in a slightly smaller scale or a slightly smaller application. Will an all weather work on a big heavy SUV? Absolutely, but the trick is to—I guess the big thing is—is is maintenance of the vehicle. We, we're—you know—the industry is always saying. You know, when do you rotate your tires? How do you rotate your tires? Which way do you do it? How do you do it? Uh, we're seeing manufacturer vehicle manufacturers right now extending their service lives. You know, five years ago, it was going to the dealer every 8,000 K
2: mm-hmm.
3: with the technology change within many or within manufacturers, within distributors, and with everything in between. I believe some of the service records are now 12,000 K, 15,000 K, which oil companies now need to keep up. Brake companies need to break, keep up. Tire companies need to keep up. So one thing to kind of extend the life is is basic maintenance. And I don't, and I use that more as a blanket statement, not basic maintenance as you must go to the dealership every 5,000 K and do this, this, and this, and pay tons of money. Once i month. this is, I'm going old school every month. Check your tire pressure. Yes. If you're, if you're not able to check your tire pressure, go to a tire shop. Say, hey, I, I haven't checked my tire pressure in a little bit. Do you mind checking it out? It's primarily a free service. It gets you into a tire shop or mechanic shop. It builds a relationship between the consumer and a shop or a dealer, as well as rotating the tires. We recommend rotating your tires every 8,000 kilometers. Some manufacturers may say more and some may less, say less. For an all-weather application, car primarily, I would say every 8,000. If you had a big truck with high torque, I'd probably recommend 6,000 because you're asking more from the tire. And if you just, or you do it once a year when you put your winter tires on, But vehicle maintenance is a big, you know, big thing. As long as you're checking air pressure, you're rotating your tires frequently, that will give you a huge leg up on vehicle and tire longevity.
2: I think that's a great point, Jonathan, that we're going to end on, actually. that just because you've got extended times in your manual and you don't have to do a changeover twice a year, maintain your tires, get in there, have, you know, have somebody checking it, even though you technically can go longer, don't make sure everything is good on your on the shoes on the car that's a wrap for this edition of the driving podcast i'd like to thank my expert guests wes bowling of nokian and jonathan scott and mike biller of Toyo Tire. you can subscribe to our podcast through itunes spotify or your favorite podcast player be sure to check out previous episodes of the driving podcast i'm your host Lorraine Sommerfeld, and i look forward to bringing you more great consumer information this season thanks so much